And uh, what, what a blessing. Thank you for that, Brother Christy. Okay, tonight, Romans chapter number 7. And as we look through this passage of Scripture, you can almost think that Paul was schizophrenic. schizophrenic. I mean, he's like back and forth, back and forth. The things that I would, I do not. The things that I would not, that I do. And have you ever talked to somebody that had multiple personalities? Now, we do not, as believers, we do not have multiple personalities, but we do have two natures. And sometimes we're pulled two different ways, aren't we? And with that, the Apostle Paul, in an in inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he is being very transparent. And he is revealing, uh, God is revealing to us uh, how to, to deal with these two different natures. You know what? We've got to figure that out or we'll be, it will eat our lunch. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are looking at me like, what are you talking about lunch? Uh, but uh, uh, there is so much uh, that, is, that is here in this passage of Scripture. And I do. I have so many notes uh, tonight. I am not going to uh, try to get through all of them. I'm reminded about a, a preacher that uh, went to church, and as he, he got to church, uh, a huge storm came in, and only two members showed up. And so the preacher got up, and he said, well, he says, I've studied, and I've got an hour message, and I know there's only two of you, but I'm going to preach. Uh, and he, he wound up, and he preached all, all of his message and uh, full full hours worth of message to those two people. And anyway, after the service, the pastor asked the guy, he said, listen, he says, uh, he says so what did you think about that, uh, me preaching that message? And there's only two of you. He said, well, he says, I'm not, much, I'm not a preacher, I'm just a farmer. He said, but if I only had two cows showed up to get fed, I wouldn't give them, I wouldn't make them eat all the hay. And so, <laughs> uh, so tonight I'm going to ma not make you eat all the hay, all right? But I do have, I do have a lot that I think will be a help to us uh, as, we, as we look uh, through this passage of Scripture. Uh, as Paul communicates, it, it sounds like there's inner turmoil going on, and he's trying to get victory in his Christian life, and this battle just keeps going on between these two natures, the old nature and the new nature. If you are saved, you have two natures. Now, let me tell you, when you got saved, your old nature did not get saved. It's just as wicked as it was before. It still has as much of, uh, of a desire to do wrong as it ever has. And if we give in to our old nature, we will find ourselves in a mess. And so Paul was dealing with this old nature, new nature, not two personalities. Uh, but tonight, I want to I preach to you on the subject, I just can't win. I just can't win. And let's pray. Father, I do pray that you'd help us this evening. Thank you uh, 
uh, for our people. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see victory, uh, but help us to understand this principle tonight. And so may all of us be helped and strengthened in our faith, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. As you, as you come to church and as you learn, uh, I remember when I first came to church and I first got saved, it didn't matter every time I walked through those doors, it was like the preacher was preaching just at me. I mean, uh, somebody had spilled the beans, somebody had followed me around all week long, uh, they knew exactly, the preacher knew exactly uh, what I was struggling with, and he preached on my sin. Those other 150, 200 people, he wasn't bothering them at all, but he sure was, uh, he sure was coming hard down on me. And, and I, I remember that. Uh, and I remember that feeling like no matter what I did, I just couldn't win. I mean, I would get victory in one area, but then all of a sudden I'm getting hit on this other area. And I start to try to work on that area, and then I'm what's revealed that there's something else wrong in a different area. Uh, and it just seemed like there was always something uh, that I needed to fix in my life. Uh, and, and it wasn't that I wasn't trying. Uh, it was just things that the Lord would put his finger on. And then as soon as he'd get something uh, right in that area, he'd put his finger on something else. And it just, it was just an, it was just this continual battle. Every time I came to church, it was like I needed to change something else in my own life. And in our, in the Christian life, uh, there, there is a battle that goes on between sin and self. There's a battle that, that is there. Uh, and we fail over and over and over again. I don't know how many times I would walk an aisle and tell the Lord, okay, Lord, I'll never do this again. Only to come back the next week and walk the aisle and tell the Lord, okay, Lord, here I am again, but I won't do it again. And it was just over and over again. It just kept dealing uh, with these areas. And, and what I found was that I would learn about principles. I would learn about uh, commandments. I'd learn about things that I should do. I'd learn about things that I shouldn't do. And I would make attempts to do right and fall short. I would make attempts not to do wrong. And I would jump right in on wrong. And it just seemed like there was this battle that was, I just couldn't win. And that's what we find in Romans 7. We, we find this battle that's going on over and over and over again. And so uh, we attempt to live right. We attempt to do better. We attempt to quit. We attempt to start. Uh, yet we keep falling short. We set up boundaries for ourselves based on biblical principle, and we still cross the boundaries. And, and there's just uh, these these battles that go on. We keep falling short. Uh, we confess things. We try to forsake things. We surrender. Yet we just can't quite get there. And so, Romans chapter 7, let's go back to verse number 7. And I want to run through this passage. Uh, Paul said, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. 
But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, uh, for without the law, sin was dead. Now, now notice that little phrase, without the law, sin was dead. All right, we'll go on there. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Now, Paul was not talking in circles right here. This is not circular reasoning, uh, but it is, it keeps coming back to the same thing. What do we have? We have the law. The law is the commands of God. This is the truth of God. And God's truth, the law has been given. And as that law was given, uh, what we find is, is it brings death because it shows our sin. It reveals that we are sinful, that we are condemned. And so the law is what brings death. And and that's very important for us to understand. Keeping God's laws will not bring you life. The law brings death. And so, so here, Paul, as he is going through, he is, he is trying to convey this. And before the law, before uh, that truth came, before the commandments came, there, he was alive. He had no idea that he was condemned. Before salvation, uh, you could live however you wanted to live, and there was no condemnation, Right? Uh, That's how I was. I could do things and it did not bother me one single bit. But when I got saved and all of a sudden now I'm confronted with truth, there was this enlightenment now that I am condemned. Uh, this, This law is showing me that I am now condemned before God. That which is good is not is not bad. That which is good is revealing the fact that uh, we have fallen short. And so, so God's law is given to us, and, and I, I want to stay within my notes here because I have so many thoughts. Uh, I'll jump all over the place if I don't. So with this, the law, truth, holiness, it reveals sin. The manifestation and the presence of sin is revealed by the law and giving sin life. Because when there is no law, there is no understanding that sin is there. But when there is law, now sin is sin. Before it wasn't understood as sin. It, was, it wasn't even there. But now sin has been given life. Now sin is uh, manifested right before us. Why? Because of the law. So several observations. Number one, the law reveals sin. The law 
reveals sin. Romans 7, 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. And so uh, the law, the truth of God's words, the laws of God are not to be lived. Now that sounds terrible. The keeping of the law will not bring life. Because you cannot keep the law. If we offend in one, we are guilty of all. So so when we look at the law, God did not give the law for us to live. God gave the law to show that we were sinners. Now, I'm not saying that we should go out and and murder and, and fornicate. I'm not talking about that. I am just saying the law was given as a schoolmaster. It was to show. It was that straight edge to show that we have, uh, we have veered away from what was just and right and holy. And so the truth of God's words, uh, they were to, uh, it, the law doesn't bring righteousness. The law brings death and condemnation. Let me say that again. The law does not bring righteousness. The law brings death and condemnation. I'm getting so many looks right now. So, so here, Paul is saying, listen, I'm having a battle with this flesh. Uh, what was the battle? The battle was, I can't keep the law. No matter where we are in our righteousness, we, our righteousness is still as filthy rags. Our righteousness still falls short. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even after salvation, our righteousness still falls short. No matter how pure you live, no matter how good you are, uh, the, the law reveals that we fall short on every account. There, there is sin, that sin nature. It did not get saved. And so the law reveals sin. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Uh, it is just revealing that there's condemnation that comes. Uh, Romans 7, 8, for without the law, sin was was dead for I was alive without the law once but when the commandment came sin revived and I died and so Paul was saying before before salvation uh, before the law uh, I had no idea about uh, all of this condemnation I was alive uh, but as soon as the law came and confronted me now I I am condemned with that now I'm not talking about condemned as in losing salvation But we fall short over and over and over again. So, number one, the law reveals sin. Uh, Number two, sin destroys. Sin destroys. So, Romans 7.10, And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. Wait a second, this commands... They should bring life. I should, I'm doing what the Lord's telling me to do. How come I still fall short? 
I, I'm, I'm doing what he's telling me to do, and I think it's going to bring me life, but I am still condemned. Uh, it's not ordained to life. I found to be unto death. Verse number 10. So keeping the commands of God will not bring life. It, it, we, we fall short, we fail. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, Romans 3.10. Uh, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, and so that, that recognition that there's no way that we can attain uh, to God's righteousness. So sin, uh, the law reveals sin, sin destroys. Thirdly, the commands are good, but reveal death. The commands are good, but they reveal death. Romans 7, 13, was then that which was good made death unto me? God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin. You know, we can feel pretty good about ourselves. We can feel like, well, I'm doing so much better than I was, so it's all good. But you get into the truth of God's word, and what you find out is, there's all kinds of other th things that we have fallen short in. And we might, have, uh, we might have one area cleaned up. We might have a couple areas cleaned up. But, but God is looking at that nature. That's sin nature. It is still very much alive. And there is still that battle. And so he says, was then that which was uh, good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin that it may appear sin working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding uh, sinful. And so that perfect law, it helps reveal what sin is and it helps us look at sin properly. You know, it's easy for me to look at Stephen's sin. It's really easy to look at Brother Aaron's sin. Now, we can look at other people and we can see their sin. But Paul wasn't worried about anybody else. He's, he, is, he is opening himself up and what he is seeing is that sin, the truth of God's word, is helping me look at sin and it's becoming exceeding sinful. You know, the things that you didn't think were anything wrong with before salvation... How did, what happened? Now, now they're wrong. Well, after we give them up and get them right, then they're wrong. But until then, it's all good. But once we get victory in that area, then we, we only see that in somebody else and, and we're okay. So, so uh, the commands are good, but they reveal death. They reveal that. Number four, the law reveals two natures. For we know, verse 14, that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So we have these two natures. You have uh, the carnal nature, and then you have the spiritual nature. When you got saved, uh, your spirit, that part of you that uh, can communicate with God, it was quickened. It was made alive again. Uh, we are made in the image of God. And so with that, being made in the image of God, we have, uh, we have three parts. We have a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Spirit. He made us in his image, body, soul, and spirit. The body is the vessel uh, that's the temple for the believer. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So we have the body, 
which is the vessel. Then you have the soul. The soul sometimes is interchanged with spirit. Uh, and so based on context of scripture, you can see whether it's talking about the personality of an individual or whether it's talking about the spirit uh, of the individual. But you have the soul, which is the personality. That is your mind, your intellect. That's, that's the real you. Uh, the, and and nobody, nobody knows that real you. Uh, that's the one is on the inside and you only share uh, parts of who you are. And so that's, that's your soul. And that's the part of us that communicates with others. So we have the body, we have the soul, and then there's the spirit. Now, when Adam was made in the image of God, he was made in three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And when Adam, when he sinned in the garden, God said, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, Adam and Eve, they took that fruit, they disobeyed God, they ate that fruit, but they did not physically die. So either something else died or God's a liar. And God is not a liar. So what was it that died? Their spirit died. The soul of man communicates with man. The spirit of man communicates with God. And when man sinned, that spirit died. So when a person gets saved, the Bible teaches us that the, the spirit is quickened. The word quickened means to be made alive again. And so when you got saved, you became a whole person again. Without God, a person is not a whole person. They were designed to be in the image of God. And without salvation, there is a part of them that is missing. That's why they're trying to fill that. There's a void that is there that only God can fill in their life. And so uh, the, the law, it reveals those two natures, uh, the spiritual nature, the carnal nature. The carnal nature, number five, is not redeemable. The carnal nature is not redeemable. It doesn't get saved. I wished it would have. It would have taken so much of that battle away. But when we get saved, our spirit is saved. We are given that new nature. Take your Bibles, go look again at 7, uh, 13. He says, was then that which good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. So God's helping us understand uh, the travesty of sin, the terribleness of sin. It's revealing that sin to us so we can have a proper view of it. I cannot be holy if I do not understand the depravity of sin. God is a holy God. God hates sin. So for me to be godly, then I have to love what God loves. I need to hate what God hates. So, so here, it's not, it's not just checking some boxes. 
And I think so many times Christians feel like, well, if I check all the right boxes, then I'm just going to be fulfilled in my Christian life. And I am just gonna, uh, not going to have all these, these battles going on in my soul, in my mind, uh, in my life. Uh, but when we got saved, our spirit was made alive again. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Bible says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a, what? Quickening spirit. A quickening spirit. So you have Adam, uh, the first man. Uh, he was the one that brought sin into the world. Uh, Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So Adam uh, was made a living soul, uh, but the last Adam, and that's referring to Christ. Christ is called uh, the second Adam, or the last Adam. He was made a quickening spirit. Why? Because the first Adam fell. And the second Adam, the last Adam, uh, is that quickening spirit. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and look with me at verse number 1. The Bible says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And just think about that. Before you were saved, you were dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, people without Christ are not alive. They are physically alive. They are spiritually dead. And so, so the Lord said that, that when a person gets saved, and you hath he quickened uh, and who were dead in trespasses and sins. What was it? You were dead. Your spirit was dead. That part of you that was to communicate with God, it was dead. But God has quickened that spirit. Now you are made alive. Now there is a part of you that can communicate with God. What a blessing. What a blessing that we have the ability to, to come before God. We have the ability to pray. Uh, Ephesians 2, 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. By grace uh, ye are saved. And so uh, here we were dead, yet he hath quickened us. He made us alive again. That spirit that was dead in trespasses and sins, uh, now it is made alive. Colossians 2.13, and you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. All trespasses. All trespasses. All trespasses. I'm telling you, what a blessing. When you got saved, all your sins were forgiven. He said, well, pastor, uh, I, I've been saved for a while and I've already sinned a bunch more. When he forgave your sins, they were all in the future. 
None of them had been committed yet. We were not even a twinkle in, in our mother's eye. Uh, we were not even uh, here uh, yet when, when the Lord forgave, when he came to, uh, to pay redemption's price for us. He paid that sin debt. Uh, and I'm so thankful that when he saved me, he didn't just save my past sins. He didn't just forgive my past trespasses. He has forgiven the ones I have yet to commit all those trespasses have been forgiven you know what the devil wants to do the devil wants to destroy us the devil wants us he wants to beat us up because we just can't win No matter what we do, we still fall short. No matter what we do, there are still going to be sins. That that carnal nature, it's not going away. It is still there. And and with that that sin nature and with my falling, uh, the devil just wants to point it out. He wants to to get me to be guilty. And he wants me to just give up. uh, And I just can't win. Uh, But the Lord, he forgives all our trespasses. 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ... Christ also hath suffered once, uh, has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And the, the Lord Jesus has paid that sin debt for us. So the carnal is not redeemable. Number six, the battle of omission and commission. The battle of of omission and commission. Go back to Romans 7. Romans 7. Romans chapter 7. You hurry and I'll hurry. You go slow and I'll go slow. All right, Romans 7, verse 15. He said, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that do I, that I do. Uh, now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. You and I, will never get outside this carnal nature. And that carnal nature is going to be a battle day in and day out. And we might feel like, and I've had people tell me, Pastor, every time I, is there going to ever be a service where I come out of church feeling good? Well, I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. I don't know what he's putting his finger on in your life. But what I do know is he is trying to to get us to be conformed to the image of his son. And there's a process that goes on. But that carnal nature does not go away. But how can I get victory over that carnal nature? The will to do right is in me. It's the performance of that will that's absent. 
The good that I would, I do not do. The evil that I would not, that's the things that I do do. Uh, I just can't win. And we want to, we want to uh, have that victory there. Uh, but I want you to see number seven, there is hope. There's hope. And the hope is not in fighting the carnal nature. I want to be nice. Fighting the carnal nature doesn't bring us victory. None of us will win fighting the carnal nature. You know, there are battles that everybody has. There are some, what the Bible talks about, besetting sins. Well, Tracy, are you snoring back there? No, it's somebody else. All right. Uh, but, but that besetting sin, there is besetting sins that we deal with. And with those uh, besetting sins, uh, we have the battles. And, and if we're not careful, we can, we can uh, the devil can just beat us up. And I want you to look again now at Romans chapter 7, and I'm almost done. Romans 7, verse 22. Romans 7, verse 22. Paul says, For I delight in the law of God. How? After the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So he's talking about uh, my desires. I desire to follow the Lord in my mind. And then in my flesh, I find myself uh, going a different direction. Uh, he says in verse number one of chapter eight, he says, there is therefore no now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ. Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And let me tell you that there is victory, and it is in the Spirit. It is walking in the Spirit. Uh, the, the sanctified life of the believer is a life that is not just checking the boxes and not doing this and not doing this, and not doing this, trying to control the carnal nature, the, the person that is going to have victory in the Christian life is the one that is yielding to the Spirit of God in their life. Because fighting the flesh, uh, there is no victory over fighting the flesh. That carnal nature is not going to go away. Uh, he said, he said in verse 3, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, the, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You know, we have got to determine which direction we're going to walk and under which leadership we're going to walk. 
if we walk under the carnal nature of what I just think is good enough, we're not going to be following the Lord. We'll be following our flesh. Our flesh will lead us in a path away from God and not to God. Victory is not in fighting the carnal nature. Victory is in submitting to the new nature. Amen. Let me say that again. Victory is not in fighting the old nature. Victory is in submitting to the new nature, uh, the spirit. Uh, There is no victory over the carnal. There is only victory in the spiritual. Go to first uh, or go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And this, this right here helped me so much as a new believer. Galatians chapter 5. The Lord is going to, in Galatians 5, he po- points out the works of the flesh. He points out all the things that the flesh will do, the manifestations of the flesh, a a life that is carnal is revealed in the flesh. And we see that in uh, Galatians 5. But before that, he he tells us in verse 16, he says, "This, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's read that together. You ready? Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, you can fight your flesh all you want to do, all you want to fight it, and you're going to still fall short. And you can make as many resolutions as you want to make. And you can walk an aisle as many times as you want to walk an aisle. But just trying to combat your fleshly nature will not bring victory. We don't find anywhere in Scripture where God says to fight our sinful nature. What we find is that God says, no, you walk after the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Victory is not in fighting the flesh. Victory is walking in the spirit. Victory is walking and, and, and uh, submitting to the nature, that new nature and the spirit of God. Walk in the spirit, uh, capital S, talking about the Holy Spirit, the leading of the spirit of God in our life. So he goes on, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the other, so ye cannot do the things that you would. And what he is saying is, you want to have uh, victory over your sin nature, he says, you've got to walk according to the Spirit. And in walking in the Spirit, he says, you're not going to go back and do the things of the flesh, the carnal nature. Uh, sometimes people say, well, you Christians, you can't do anything. Man, I can do anything I want to do. I just don't want to anymore. Praise the Lord. Now, there was a lot of years where those want-tos were being pulled two different directions. And that, that sin nature, was that carnal nature was wanting to pull. But what I found, it's, and I've used the illustration before, it's almost like a rubber band. 
And it's like you, you get a rubber band, a big, thick rubber band, and you start to pull it. And just, I mean, just before uh, you get all the way to the end, and that's when the most tension is there. You know, you try to walk in the Spirit and you keep trying to do what the Lord would want you to do, what you're going to find is you're going you're to have so much resistance. But you keep walking in the Spirit, you know what you're going to find? Is all of a sudden it's like the flesh lets go. And I'm not saying that there isn't other battles, but all of a sudden you're sort of catapulted forward a little bit. And then you're going to find yourself in another spot and that, that battle goes on But what I'm saying is that that walking in the Spirit is what gives us victory over the flesh. You walk in the Spirit, and you don't want to go down to the the bar. Amen? You walk in the Spirit, and you don't want to go meet up with a drug dealer. You're walking in the Spirit, and you, you want to do the things that God would want you to do. Uh, he said, the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. If there are things that you would want to do that is sinful, the walking in the Spirit gives you safety. It gives you victory from fulfilling those. He says, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. If you are led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. What's he saying? You don't need the rules anymore. Amen. You don't have to worry about it. Why? Because that's not the direction you're going. I don't need a law that's here. Tell me, don't do that, don't do that. Well, I wasn't going to anyway. I didn't want to do that. And so in the Christian life, the battle between the natures, victory comes as we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. There are so many people who are caught up in just keeping the rules. You know what? There's no joy. There's no joy. Why? Because it's just all these things that I can't do, I should do, all the commands to do, all the commands not to do. But the reality is, If I'm walking in the Spirit, I want to do what the Lord would want me to do. And I don't want to do the things that the Lord would not want me to do. You know what? There's such freedom there. There's freedom. We're not under bondage in Christ. Amen. We're not under bondage. I'm not saying that there aren't biblical principles. I'm not saying that there aren't commands. All I'm saying is, if all I'm trying to do is check the boxes so I can finally feel like I've got this victory and this freedom, man, there's not enough boxes to check. And I am guessing that the Apostle Paul probably as he knew more Bible than any of us would have known, and as he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, living a very sanctified and separated life, this battle that was going on was just 
over the control of who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to the Spirit of God and allow Him to lead me? Or am I going to keep coming into contact with the law that just shows that I'm wrong, I've failed, there's just no victory, no way to win? So we can try to keep every command, we can try to keep every rule, we can try to keep our body under subjection, but if we're walking according to the flesh, we will not have victory. But as we walk in the Spirit, you know what? We all need to be walking in the Spirit. If you are saved, the Spirit of God dwells inside your body. The Bible says that, that what know ye not, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And we, we belong to the Lord. And as we allow the Spirit of God to lead us, you know what we're going to find? He's going to encourage us to live right. He is going to encourage us to help other people. He is going to encourage us to be a witness He's, he's just going to lead us in a path that, that we are going to find ourselves looking around and say, man, what happened? I mean, all these things that I was fighting with before, I'm not fighting with them anymore. Why? Because you're walking in the Spirit. But when we start walking according to the flesh, we've got a battle. And it's on. And it's a battle that we will not win. Because you cannot beat the flesh. You cannot have victory of, over the flesh by fighting the flesh. Romans seven twenty two. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. That new nature. That's when we delight after the law of God. Uh, he, he said, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Uh, verse 25, For I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. I, I need to submit myself, uh, that inward man, that new nature. I need to submit myself to the Spirit of God. And then Galatians 5, 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know what? Let's, let's get up tomorrow morning, and let's ask the Lord to help us walk in the Spirit. Let's, let's just wake up and say, Lord, how do you want me to walk today? Uh, what do you want to lead me to do today? And as he puts his finger on things, as he impresses us, let's each and every one of us respond and follow that. And as we do so, you know what we're going to find? Is we are going to draw closer to him and we are going to get more distance from the old man. Brother Franklin, can you be the old man? Man, perfect. All right. So the old nature, the old nature, the old nature will never end up over here not going to end up over here. The new nature, that's what we have to live after. And the farther, the more that I walk after the Spirit, after the new nature, looks what, look what happens. I mean, there's just more distance put between me and the, and the old man. The old nature. 
And I don't know about you, but I want as much distance from my old nature as I can have. You know, you and I are our worst enemy. We say, oh, the devil's my enemy. The devil doesn't know your name. He doesn't know my name. He is not omniscient. He has principalities. He has powers. He has rulers of darkness. I don't think any of us have, have reached to get his attention. He's got his imps. But they're not our worst enemy. We are. Guys, person you shave in the morning, he's your worst enemy. Ladies, the, the one that, that you look into that mirror in the morning. So many things. Deb's in the nursery, so I won't even pick on her. But, but that nature, we are our worst enemy. And if we're going to have victory, we got to choose to walk in the Spirit. Day in, day out. Let's let the Lord lead us. Life is good when we're following him. Follow the Spirit, Spirit of God, his leading, we win. We're not giving up anything. We don't lose, we win. But we have to choose. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It shouldn't be. I just can't win. Because we can. There is victory. But it's not by fighting our flesh. It's by walking in the Spirit. Father, I do thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, we, we are uh, and we have the potential uh, to make bad decisions and to dishonor you and to, uh, to hurt ourselves, our family, our friends. I pray, God, that you would just help us to recognize your leading in our life. Help us to submit ourselves to you. May the Spirit of God truly lead us uh, day in and day out. And so uh, I pray that you would help us uh, after the inward man to delight uh, in the things of God. And so help us uh, to, to want to submit ourselves to you uh, and follow your leading. So bless now in this service. Uh, help each of us, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand.